I'll be very honest. I had no plans for doing an episode on this until I read the court hearing on same-sex marriages. And for those of you who haven't kept up with this piece of news, um, I quote as I read it earlier. Opposing a batch of petitions seeking legal recognition of same-sex marriages, the center told the Delhi High Court on Thursday that the decriminalization of Section 377 from the Indian Penal Code does not automatically translate to the fundamental right for same-sex couples to marry. In its affidavit, the government said that there exists a legitimate state interest in limiting the recognition of marriage to persons of the opposite sex. Permitting same-sex couples to marry would cause complete havoc with the delicate balance of personal laws within this country. And I know I'm getting into this episode long after the hype train around it has passed. People have shared about this on Instagram, people have made a bunch of hullabaloo on this um, over the last few weeks. Actually, not even over the last few weeks, it's been a week since this has been old news technically. The fact is that an event like this is important for a bunch of different reasons, all of which transcend topicality for me. And before I start this episode, I want to bring to light two important things. One, this episode does not promise to be a breakthrough or an expose of any kind. It's not as well researched as most other episodes um, would want to be. Um, This is not exactly the editorial touch I would give uh, to a full-fledged episode uncovering something like this. Rather, this is me trying to vent out confusion and understanding why things that make obvious sense to me apparently don't to lawmakers in this country. And secondly, forgive me for being biased and defensive against this ruling in this episode. While you might have different opinions as me about the LGBTQ community, about homosexuality, about same-sex marriages, and you might want to debate with me on how I think people should live or shouldn't, the point is my opinion may not matter to you but my questions probably should if you find yourself disagreeing with me listen on and see if you can lucidly answer the questions that i seem to find inexplicable with the current state of events and i might have to give another disclaimer or two on the way for why i explain something and why i use one example instead of the other why i don't account for all religions in the matter wherever that comes up and i apologize for the regular break in flow to accommodate that. I'm not perfect, I'm wrong many times. So let's get into it. For my first two episodes, where I dug deep into drug abuse and drug culture in India, I gave myself a sort of sidebar trip into different social stigmas that exist in our culture today. And I tried to dig deeper into reasons for their existence. Interestingly, this was one of the things that came up. However, because homosexuality or homophobia weren't As pressing to me at the time, considering that I'm a cis heterosexual male and I have almost no collections to the LGBTQ community, the amount of effort and amount of research I would have to do to actually find real accounts and uh, real experiences would have been difficult. And while I'm ready to take that effort over the next few months and make a full-fledged episode on this, at the time I decided to stick with um, the drug culture episode that I was going for as a cis heterosexual male. I considered the removal of Section 377 from the Constitution to be a continued step in the right direction. And I assumed that it was the first domino that sends into motion some some form of progression in society. 
and the next obvious step was to decriminalize or make same-sex marriages legal well so much for the optimism this this court hearing this result is a landmark cultural moment at least it appears that way to me um in the long run i don't know how relevant it's going to be but i think that we must take a step back and see what we as a country represent now and what this result means for the future and to understand why i sound rather unsure or confused let me take you back to something that i said in the first episode indians have been consuming drugs for centuries before we made a moral code surrounding it before we stigmatized its very presence and i took an example to compel the spectic among all of you to think back to why this decision to stigmatize drugs might seem inconsistent with the track record of our ancestors indians consumed drugs as part of their culture and so did most of modern east asia in the 1900s and 1800s in fact for the larger part of this millennium and now most of them don't when as we've talked about before that's not a particularly bad thing drugs some drugs can be pretty bad for you most of the laws around drugs today have a semblance of thought put into them and they aren't all archaic sure bundling in all drugs together and calling all of them dangerous is a little too much a little short sighted considering the number of drugs you're banning is um almost stupid considering how useful they can be but the original intent was to protect people from drugs and all of them seem bad at the time and that's what trips me up about this issue it's not like indians have always been averse or petulant about the inclusion and recognition of differently oriented people the manusmriti which i know has a lot of controversy surrounding it which has a lot of casteist references it for ages still has been a constitution of hinduism and also it talks about homosexuality in a way that differs greatly from what we have been taught or not taught and the british are responsible for framing a lot of our laws at in the 1800s and to their credit they went to painstaking effort to try and make sure that they didn't offend too many indians with their new laws um so they did refer to books like the manusmriti and other religious texts to keep into account the people that they're making the laws for but even so the laws that existed in india and the sentiment that resides in the minds of most indians are based on colonial laws which are deeply rooted in abrahamic mythology it involves a reading some would say a deliberate misreading of a tale where god destroys the city of sodom and gomorra with fire and brimstone because they performed acts that go against god's commandment and such tales of god prohibiting certain sexual acts but allowing others are not found in hindu mythology while in many abrahamic traditions homosexuality is seen as an act against god in hindu traditions it is seen as a part of karma we are all creatures of karma and our actions contribute to our future karma thus homosexuality is simply a manifestation of karma of course i mean me stating something in our history or either mythology not even history and claiming it as admissible in the court as evidence to the fact that all historical practices should continue to exist would would be absurd this is not me trying to say that i have proof of any kind that the center is right or wrong in saying what they did 
but there's more nuance to this than meets the eye. For example, saying homosexuality is fine and part of karma as it were does not equate to same-sex marriages to also be fine. And that seemed to be the logic of the ruling that happened recently. That chose to call same-sex marriages not compatible with the ideals of an Indian family unit. And from what I could understand, they were trying to say a family, the Indian family unit comprises of a man, a woman and their children. But that doesn't seem historically accurate to me either. From a mythological context, which is relevant here, because it is a peripheral but important part of our culture, the Vedas speak of Agni, the fire god, having two mothers. In the Purans, God changes gender constantly. In a Ramcharit Manas, God says that he loves all creatures, plants, animals, males, females and queers or Napunsak, who give up malice and surrender to his grace. We have long been told that Western culture is eating away at the core of who we are. And while I have never believed it in completely, I find that it's it sounds so much like jingoism and just good marketing to say that the West is wrong and you should just embrace our traditions as they were, right or wrong. There's still something relevant here. Our mythology, the teachings that our ancestors wanted for us, never wanted us to be uncomfortable at the idea of sexual fluidity. It begs the question that if the British hadn't imposed on us the Western Christian outset that they did, would this still be that big of an issue? And that's the question I have. I know that this is getting way more godly and religious than than I ever intended it to be. And I generally, I'm not a very religious person in general. Um, truth is, India has been the land of origination for so much Hindu mythology and literature among other religions, a lot of it was translated by the British and used to assist them in making laws, with more an empathy for the common Indian person as we discussed before. Look, I don't know what the right answer is to this question. I don't know whether using historic relevance in doing something is a good way to make sure that something passes as a law in court. The precedent that would set can be dangerous in its own ways. Consider acts like Sati, laws around caste, laws around multiple marriages. The Delhi High Court claimed that permitting same-sex marriages between individuals cannot be treated as a private affair, as they invoke age-old customs, rituals, practices, cultural ethos and societal values of India. As much as I do believe everything I said before, I'll be truly and completely honest with you, and disclaimer, everything you hear after this is my opinion, is probably flawed, and just Take the next few words with a grain of salt if you'd like. But a society that says homosexuality is legal, but then doesn't allow for homosexual individuals to marry each other, doesn't condone the underlying reason for the legality of homosexuality at all. Section 377 was abolished on grounds that consenting adults are free to do what they want, regardless of who they love. If the natural next step to that isn't to put it on paper, isn't to make it a legal marriage. The society hasn't changed. It's only done damage control against a more and more agitated society, one that's tired of the shackles that the norm has set on us. And it just feels like the society, or rather the government in general, 
has made moves to make itself look more progressive than it really is and i don't know if that's true or not i i don't know whether the abolishing of section 377 um two or three years ago was done out of goodwill or was done out of damage control or just as a necessity but i do feel that whatever i whatever i did think about the progress of the lgbtq community especially in terms of governmental reform it feels like i have to rethink all those things and come up with a more realistic a more rather pessimistic understanding of how and why things are working and to, to be really honest i won't be surprised if the government is opposed to same sex marriages just because of the amount of paperwork you should have to change country wide in terms of marriage and divorce registrations it's it's a fleeting sort of de- defeatist thought but think about every government office you've ever been to and tell me if it's so hard to believe and that's the thought i leave you with tonight this has been inside india